Hello beautiful and welcome to Pure Happy Healthy. This is a podcast all about mindfulness in different fields that are dear to my heart. Join me for Mindful Me sessions, Mindful Model, Mindful Mensch and Mindful Master and dive in to beautiful conversations. Hi and welcome to another episode of Mindful Masters. Today I'm speaking with Samantha Roberto. She is a business and mindset coach and the podcast host from Be Beautiful. We speak about so many different topics starting from how to practice gratitude, the sentence how you do one thing is how you do everything and how there's so much meaning behind it. But then also especially focusing on the challenging time that we're facing at the moment and how we can really move through this in the most optimistic and positive way and embracing also the lows of life in order to face better times in the future. She shares so much knowledge and wisdom and therefore I'm so happy and grateful that you can listen to this interview now. And if you're interested, I'm also on her podcast, Be Beautiful, which will be released in a few weeks from now. I will keep you updated and link it in the show notes so you can also check out when I'm speaking as a guest. And now let's get started. So hi and welcome to Pure Happy Healthy, Sam. I'm super, super happy and grateful to have you on my show as I was on your show last week. Yandra, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so, so much for inviting me. So before we get started, I would like to know from you, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I have not had breakfast. This is funny. I literally, we were just talking before this. I went, not the healthiest habit, but I was facilitating an event last night, went to bed at 2 a.m. It is currently 8 a.m. here. So I woke up, got ready very quickly. And my partner just delivered me a coffee. So, so far, the only thing in my stomach is coffee. Yeah, I saw how he brought it in and I was like, wow, this is the best service ever. Your boyfriend brings you coffee to your interview. This is beautiful. And uh, yeah, as you know, there is nothing wrong with a coffee. And I really love that you said that, um, yeah, you just stayed up all night, you know, like it might not be super healthy to get little sleep, but then also setting these priorities and you say, you know, like it was so worth it just sleeping a little and maybe not having breakfast because this is something that really matters to you. So I love that you set the priority here and went for yeah. that. Beautiful, um, oh, I'll definitely have breakfast after this though. I love breakfast. It's like my favorite meal of the day. <laughs> it's funny. So after this, like after, actually after this, I have a coaching call and after the coaching call, then I'll make a full on hmm. breakfast. Do you have like a set morning routine that you would usually do every morning to set yourself up for the day? Definitely. And it's really funny because I find sometimes I can kind of go in and out of it. So when I would be in it, um, I always make my bed. So making the bed is the first thing because I think it's important to start your day with a win, even if it is, you know, something as small as that. Um, I will say gratitudes. I'll say five things that I'm grateful for. And I say them in the format, I am grateful for blank. I am grateful for blank. I am grateful for my home. I am grateful for my dog. I am grateful to be in Grenada. I'm grateful for you in this conversation. I'm grateful for the listeners. 
And so that's number two. And there's a reason why I do that. We can talk more about it afterwards. Uh, normally I'll do some meditation as well, even if it is 10 minutes to sit, close my eyes and just observe the breath. And what else do I like to do in the morning? And sometimes a yoga practice as well, yoga practice and journaling. So those are like my, my like daily five. Mm, wow, super beautiful. Um, and I love that you said you're making the bed, even though that's just like a tiny thing, because I think how we do one thing is how we do everything. So just like taking the extra minute to like really setting things up and just getting organized, like taking care for yourself and taking care for your life. Is that also the intention you make that out of? Totally. Yeah. Um, just being mindful and, and taking that little bit of time. Like I, I, we actually talked about it on my podcast when you were on there about, you know, having a beautiful life and, and really seeing the beauty in things. And I think there's also, um, you open yourself to really appreciate the beauty when you, you know, you take the, the extra minute to, to, you know, to, to do it. So like, you know, like even when you're, like what's another example? Like it's just anything, you know, even if you just like putting it back in its place or, you know, doing something a certain way, it's like, it's showing appreciation to your home, to your space, to your things. And I think it's just an energy, a beautiful energy that we can choose to carry with us, with us throughout the day. That said, I don't always <laughs> do it. You know, like I can really notice what's happening in my mind based on my environment. Cause sometimes, you know, I wake up and I, in a frantic and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go. And, and even though I have the minute, it takes you one minute to do, I'll leave it. And then, you know, my, my mind will just kind of be all over the place all day. And, and uh, normally about halfway through the day, if I look at my environment and it's kind of messy and it's just unorganized, I can tell what's happening within. Mm, yeah, very interesting. I see uh, similar tendencies in, in my life. And I think it's really closely connected to gratitude as well, like really being mindful about the little things and focusing on there. And then you can actually see more things you can be grateful for. So you said you have a list of gratitude. What exactly does gratitude mean for you? And what does this um, like procedure of giving gratitude to things around you or to yourself um, change in your life? So gratitude for me, um, at the end of the day, it's showing appreciation for, you know, everything that we have. And, and at the end of the day, we have all got so much. Like if you are listening to this podcast right now and you have the capability to tune in, you've got the technology to tune in, like there's really so much to be grateful for. Um, and for me, it's gratitude is the ultimate form of receivership. So really appreciating what you have is actually opening up the gateway to be able to, you know, let the universe know that you are abundant and you love abundant, you know, you're open to abundance. And I find that it actually helps you connect to that universal energy that's available to us where, you know, all of a sudden you can, you know, have that really cool opportunity drop in or meet the right person at the right time. And it's just, it, it, it's the best way to access flow. And for me, living in a state of flow of, of abundance and connection and just really feeling like juicy with life and kind of excited and looking at life as art is, is everything. So gratitude is like the shortcut to be able to access this incredible um, abundance that is here always. Mm. The problem is, <laughs> the problem is, and what, and you know, we're human our minds, we are wired to keep us safe. 
we are wired to be in survival mode. So often in any situation, you can be in a situation and your mind will automatically go to like the negative or automatically go to the thing that like you feel won't keep you safe because it's just trying to keep you, um, like I said, essentially safe. So using gratitude consciously, you looking around and saying, like slowing it down and saying, I am grateful for my health. I am grateful for my body. I'm grateful for my family and, and allowing yourself to feel that in your heart. That's when you're really bypassing that survival and like that survival, you know, I don't have enough. I'm not safe. I'm not that you're by, sort of bypassing it and opening yourself up to, you know, access that sweet spot of abundance and creation. Mm, so beautifully said. Um, what are some other tricks and tools that you use when you have a difficult time? When you say, for example, you maybe half of the week you don't take the time to make your bed or you see that your environment is kind of messy and you feel how it actually is a reflection of your inner self and you notice, okay, um, there is something off. Like, how do you continue from that point? How do you dive deeper to find out what's off and How, what are some tools um, that you use in order to get yourself right again? So it's really funny because it kind of goes in, in two ways. I either can catch it, which is the, the thing you want to do and the thing I'll speak to in a second, or, you know, I, I double down on how hard I can be on myself and it can lead into a spiral. Like it can lead into like, you know, double down on just like feeling worse and worse and worse and worse. And I mean, the reason why I want to share that is because, we're human. I feel like so many of us kind of go that way. So hopefully I bring awareness to the situation. I can see what's happening. And the number one tool I'll go to is always the breath. Like the minute I realize, I look and I'm like, Hey, what's happening. Usually I'll catch it. I'll bring awareness and I'll notice that I'm, I'm breathing literally to like, it's almost like my, my head is cut off from my body and my breath is so shallow that it's only going halfway to my throat. And I'm like, okay, I can feel what's happening. So what I do is like, you know, put my hands on my stomach or one on my heart and one on my stomach and I'll take a really beautiful, deep breath. I'll close my eyes. I'll go internal and breathe because the breath really is a tool that we all have from the day that we're born until the day that we die. It is with us. It's available. Um, so having that awareness of what's happening that will really help relax the body because chances are when you're in that state of, you know, a bit frantic, not really connected and you're like really, really in your head, you know, like really like just kind of like a million miles an hour in your head. Like it's almost like your head totally is cut off from your body. That's how it feels. It's just like, everything's in your mind. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. It's overwhelming. And when you slow it down and you, you consciously breathe, Like say even if take five deep breaths, then all of a sudden you are reconnecting your head with your body. You're, you're letting that circulation go through your body and you're actually tapping into, you're going from your sympathetic state to your parasympathetic state. And your sympathetic state of your nervous system is where it's fight or flight. It's like survival. Like I was saying, it's like, uh, like, you know, it's just this anxious, overwhelmed state. Whereas parasympathetic state is that connected flow, relax. So that's my number one go-to. That's what I always suggest to people because when we're in that frantic state, we're not breathing. 
Mm. I think breathing is so interesting because it really reflects on all areas in life. It's that taking in and then letting go is that receiving and giving um, the dominant and the um, passive part basically. But then also, as you said, the connection between mind and body. So all things in nature and all things in life, you can really um, yeah, see it as, as a metaphor with the breathing. And I love that you said it connects again the, the brain and the body together. So how would you say personally is the relationship to your body? So my relationship to my body, um, that's interesting. I have to almost think about that. I'm like, okay, what's my relationship to my body? Uh, I love my body. I, I do. I really, really love my body. I feel that my body is a vessel to experience, you know, this life and to play and to, you know, to really um, experience this life through the senses. I sort of have the philosophy that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So, but the one thing I will say, and actually this came up in our conversation and I've been thinking about it since, I feel like our body is the one, like one of the number one things that we can also take for granted. So if I'm ever in a period where, like I said, like in my head or judgmental or in that state, then, you know, I can take it or my body and I can be like, you're, you're not, you're not good enough. You're this, you're that. And be just like, all of a sudden it's like, you take a punching bag through your thoughts and it's like, boom, boom. Like, like I'm picturing a boxer. It's like, my body is the punching bag through my thoughts is like literally throwing punches. And I can also be like mean to my body, very, very mean to my body. But only in those, like when I'm in those states, it's really funny. Oh, it's not funny, but it's, yeah, it's interesting to think about. So, um, but overall, I, I love my body. I feel like when I was younger, I had, I was a bit more, um, and I think all women reach a point where you kind of go through this. There's so much pressure from the outside world, from media, from social media. I couldn't even imagine now. We didn't have social media when we were teenagers. You know, it wasn't the same, but there's just so much pressure to be quote unquote perfect, to be this, to be that, to look this way, to have that. And um, yeah, I'm, I've let go. Like I find the older that I get, the more comfortable I get in my body. Um, and the more I love my body. And even those things that, you know, might have, I might've been self-conscious about before. Those are the things that I've come to love because it's like, I don't know, it's not even that it makes you unique because everything about your body makes you unique. Your hands make you unique. You know, your nails make you unique. Your eye, like every little part, your knees, your toes. It's just like, it's such a beautiful piece of art almost. Isn't it interesting that for most people I know and I've spoken to, the older we get, the more we love our body and the more we come to really be content and happy with who we are, even though from an outside perspective, um, we get more saggy skin, we get more wrinkles. Um, yeah, we just show the signs of aging, which is not, especially for women, considered to be beautiful in, in public. But then it's completely the opposite when we're younger and we have 
that fresh <laughs> new body, let's say, um, then we have such struggles accepting and loving ourselves. And I think it all comes down to what you said before that maybe we can start to see it more as a vessel and through our body, we can do all these amazing things like um, experiencing touch and experiencing senses and love making and just sports activity experiencing nature and i think when we become get that awareness of what we can do with our body and we become so much more appreciative and grateful <laughs> for mm -hmm. our bodies and then we can start uh, to love ourselves um much more um is there anything that you are currently working on in your life that maybe has to do something with your body getting more in touch or um, anything that really matters to you that what what you're currently dealing with mm, specifically for my body or for maybe maybe from your body but also in general yeah so for, for specifically right now, I mean, because we're sort of in lockdown, we're on the island of Grenada, which is incredible. My partner and I were super grateful to be here. Long story short with that, I'll just give a little bit of context. Um, we were separated by the closed Canadian-American border for six months. Like we thought it was going to be one, two months, but then each month that went by, it went longer, longer, longer. So finally, after six months of being separated, he tried to come from, to LA to Canada, was denied and deported at the border. And um, we had to look at a map more like, okay, where are, number one, where are Americans allowed? And number two, because he's um, high risk, he had tuberculosis before. So number two, where are there low COVID cases? Because, you know, like the, the COVID, not to go into COVID, but yeah, he's, he's high risk. So then we looked at the, we looked at a map. We're like, we're going to go to the island of Grenada. Let's meet there. So that's how we ended up on this beautiful, beautiful place. And here it's so fun. Every single Saturday, they have an event called The Hash, which is essentially a different place on the island. You go and it's um, almost like a race through the forest and you, you follow shredded paper. So there's this pre-marked trail that you, you follow and you go through, the, like you're literally running through the bushes and you're finding these papers to find out which way to go. And it's about an hour obstacle course. And um, it's really, really fun. So what I'm doing for my body is that every single Saturday, I've committed to movement for it and pushing myself in that way. Like it has been so long that I've been in not a competitive situation, but in a situation where it's like, it feels like I'm really like, really, really push myself. So I'm giving my body the gift of, you know, this this experience of committing to the hash every single saturday and it's it's brought up so many different beautiful things for me one of them being i mean i'm i'm drenched in sweat by the end and i like being in quarantine especially like not in quarantine but during the pandemic i haven't done as much workout you know it's been a lot more um sedimentary like so that gift of like really really pushing and moving the body is huge uh two being immersed in nature, like really just like running through the bush. It's not even like it's a cutout trail and, and going on this adventure and trying to find your way through this obstacle course is, is, it reminds me of when I was a little kid 
I grew up in Canada near the forest. In the summer times, we, we would go play kick the can and hide and go seek and have bonfires. And we were forest kids. And it's literally been 20 years since I've experienced the feeling that I'm getting from this hash. It's called um, um, Hash House Harriers. And they have them actually all over. They might even have one in Berlin where you are. It's a really cool thing. Like if you're listening right now, you have to look up. It's it's called, yeah, Hash House Harriers. I think I'm saying it right, but they have clubs all over the world. And if they have events, I highly recommend doing it because it is so fun. But giving myself the gift of, you know, adventure and, you know, almost like being like, like I think of like, um, what's that movie? Hook, you know, like the Peter Pan and Hook, mm-hmm. you know, where like they, they're these kids that never grow up. They're just like, it's like this feeling that you're a kid again and you're, you're running and you're like, it's just this freedom with it too. And uh, afterwards, every single Saturday afterwards, I just like feel so grateful for my body because it's, it's an hour as well. So it's an obstacle course. And I challenge myself to run. So like, it's just like, by the end I'm drenched and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I just exert myself and exude myself. And it's just, it's such a gift because when you're in that state of like pushing yourself in a sense, like in the mental state where you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go. And there's other people around and it's got like a little bit of this. It's not a competition, but you have that energy of, you know, a hundred people there. And, uh, it's, it ignites this feeling of like, okay, let's go. Like it's game time. Like, and it's you against you and you got to try to find your way. The fun thing about the hash, just to give a bit of context with it, is that as you follow these shredded, like it's shredded up paper and you kind of like every, I don't know, 30 seconds, every minute, there'll be like a little pile, but every, every once in a while you'll get into, um, you'll see that the, the, the paper's in a bit in a circle, like it's a hollow circle. And that means that there's multiple ways that you can go and you have to guess which way is the right way. So you look at it and you're like, okay, which way do I go? And you kind of, if you choose one and you, there might be some shredded paper, but then if you come across an X, that means you chose the wrong one. You got to go back. So you got to run back and then you got to look at the other two options and there's other people on the course and you can say, you know, there's certain lingo that you use to find out which way to go. And it's just, it's so much fun. So it's really, you know, it makes me feel like I almost said, like the Peter Pan and Hook. It's like never really growing up. Going to the hash every Saturday has tapped into that feeling of being a big kid again. And really, at what point do we grow up? Like, I feel like society, it's like, okay, you know, you, you turn 18. I mean, in North America, at least, or where I'm from in Canada. You're 18, you're an adult now, congratulations. Here's responsibility, go. And it's like, what happened? Like, you know, where did that transition happen? And where do you let go of your adventurous, playful, fun, free, loving side? You know, like it's just this, this abrupt, you're an adult, you're gonna, you know, you've gone through our system and you're gonna continue to go through the system and you kind of lose that sense of freedom in a sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. Um, and I also like that you said that you push yourself for a new adventure and then you always feel great afterwards and you really experience new things. You're in a new environment at, at the moment as well. And it's so nice to just go out there and meet new people. And I and think- what, oh, so, oh, sorry. One thing I'll, I'll add with that because it kind, of, it kind of ties into the, you know, the mindset stuff before. For example, the last one, the first part of the hash, because it gets muddy sometimes too. If it rains a lot here. There's a ton of rainbows. It's beautiful in Grenada. Highly recommend coming. But the first part was so challenging. Like it was uphill. It had just rained. It was super muddy. 
we're going through the bush, bush, we're sliding down as we're trying to, you know, grab branches and going up because it was, you know, the mudslides. And my mindset was just like beating me down in that moment. It's like, you don't want to do this, turn around. This isn't for you. And it was really that battle between the mind and pushing the body through. And luckily my partner who just brought me my coffee, he was like, no, keep going. Come on, you can do it. And, and literally for the, like, once I got into it halfway, by the end of it, I'm so grateful that I didn't stop, but that mind did come up and it was really beating me down. And, uh, yeah, I'm so happy because I was really, if I didn't have him, I probably in the moment would have been like, screw it. I'm taking the easier path. Cause usually there's two different paths you can choose. And we are pushing ourselves to do the, the runner's one, which is harder. Mm. Yeah. I think we can really apply that to a lot of aspects in our life that sometimes we want to give up because it's so hard and then it's sometimes so hard to motivate yourself and I think especially in these times right now um, with all the situation in the world it's uh, so difficult for so many people me included on some days that we really struggle from procrastination where it's like the whole situation just feels so trapped and it's sometimes so hard to motivate yourself to do something but then uh, no matter what it is maybe even just going out for a long walk in nature or just doing some exercise at home, you know, like all gyms are closed, at least here. And um, basically you cannot really do anything here, but then still having that motivation and pushing yourself to stay active, maybe cooking a nice dish and everything, all the restaurants are closed and stuff. Um, so what are some things that maybe we can do um, besides your partner who is probably really good and motivating you, but to move through that and to move through that procrastination and stick, especially in these times with, with get the motivation back and uh, yeah, motivate ourselves to, to stay active and to really push ourselves sometimes. Definitely. Um, so what I think, and, and this is something you can do uh, at home, in your apartment, in anything, motion creates emotion and it helps move the energy. So if you can find a way to move your body, even in your home, honestly, movement doesn't have to be running through the forest. I mean, that was the example that came up for me, <clears throat> but even finding, like, say if you have your favorite song starting your day and even if it is in your morning routine playing a song that really makes you feel good one that just lights up your soul that gives you that like music especially it just it can speak to your core and you can just feel your energy elevating put that song on every morning play it and give yourself the permission to move your body uh i'm a huge fan of ecstatic dance have you ever gone to an ecstatic dance class yeah. before on vibe so beautiful right like and it's just it's so beautiful and it's therapeutic right like if you think about it even for 2020 so much so many of us i mean i was in canada prior to this so and and i was in lockdown i was in you know my 14-day quarantine and different things and actually even coming to grenada i was in a 14-day quarantine as well so but we can still like and even in this room right now, I have, there's so much space to move. Like if I was to put on a song and move my body and allow myself to just like get curious about how my body feels, you can really um, release a lot of the tension and a lot of the anxiety that you're holding, but it's up to us to, you know, give ourselves that gift and, and consciously remember to put it on. So I would say, move your body, find a way to move. Another incredible technique is shaking. And essentially it is exactly 
as it sounds. It's literally putting on, I like to do it to like tribal music, like something that's sort of like, you know, like just has tribal beats and just really feels like you can let go and allowing yourself to just bounce your legs and shake your body and shake your hands and shake your arms and shake in whatever way that you want and, and to not judge yourself for these movements either. Just really shake your body and you'll find that if you give yourself that gift of movement or if you spend a song shaking, like three to four minutes, like shaking, you can even go longer. I know some people who've done it for hours, five hours, just constantly shaking. You will notice that your body, your energy will be buzzing after you will feel alive. You'll feel access to like this other, you know, ethereal thing that's within you. And, um, it's very, very, very liberating. And it's something you can do in like my, like my room could be like, like a box, like a tiny little area. You have access to the breath and you do have access to the movement as well. All this other stuff that we think we need that we're comfortable with, we don't actually need. You know, I've traveled all over the world. A part of my story was that my background was in real estate. I was a very successful realtor. I was checking all of society's boxes. I had very much a white picket fence life, long-term relationship, beautiful home, success, lots of friends. But one day while I was driving, I had this epiphany of this feeling that life wasn't fulfilling and that there was something missing. I'm like, you know, I have it all check, 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 check. Everything I'm supposed to do, I'm doing. What is it? And long story short, I realized that I needed just to experience more, that I had conformed to this little box, but I knew that there was a whole world out there and I wanted to go experience it. So I ended up breaking up with my partner, taking a leave from work and grabbing a backpack, booking a one-way ticket to Thailand. And that first trip without realizing it was going to lead to a series of traveling all over the world. And since then I've traveled to over 50 countries, a lot of them on my own, just immersing myself in experience of life, getting curious about life. And through that experience of seeing the different ways of living. So going to, you know, Morocco, to Indonesia, to Colombia, to Peru, I saw people who were dressed differently, who ate different foods, who had different religions, who spoke different languages. But at the end of the day, we were all the same. Even if we had all these differences on the outside, I would look at somebody, you'd make eye contact with them and you felt the exchange of love. You felt like the smile within and you, you, you saw them, they saw you. There was this peace within it. And um, it really made me question all of the things that I thought were important before and realize like, does this material stuff really matter? And uh, the answer was no. So it, it was very liberating to do that. And it just really changed the way I looked at the world. So for me, as long as you have, and you realize you've got your breath, you've got movement, you've got life, what a gift. Wow, thank you for sharing this powerful story. It's so beautiful. Um, when you take us back to that moment where you suddenly had that realization when you were like, okay, check all the boxes. I have it all, but I'm just not happy. What gave you the 
courage or the initial willpower to change things because I think a lot of people are in this situation. They're like, okay, I've basically completed society's requirements and they, in the inside, they feel something is still off, but then it feels so scary to actually do that cut because it's so scary what will come because you basically don't know what will come. So what was it for you that really gave you the strength? Mm, it's so funny because I so often look back at that girl and the courage that it took to do the things that she did. And I have so much gratitude for her. And for me, it wasn't like one day I had that, like I, one day I had that epiphany where it was like, I felt it and I knew I had to do it, but it was a buildup. It was a, a, a bunch of you know, sleepless nights. It was a bunch of just like little by little. It was almost as if my heart was giving me like a yellow flag and a yellow flag and a yellow flag, but I was ignoring the messages. Cause I'm like, you know, like, I'm fine. I've got it. I have all the things I'm put together at that time. It almost felt like, like I was dying inside as drastic as that might sound. Um, there was this void within and this emptiness within that, you know, I could distract myself for a little bit, but it always went back to this place of like, what's, what's the point? What is all of this for? You know, and in the beginning, I feel like, you know, when you we were speaking to be like 18, 19, when you graduate, you go into the world, you go to school, you get a relationship, you do these things. It's like, you're sort of in the busyness of it and you're doing all the things and and you think you're following the path that you should. So you follow that path. And, and I'm speaking from my own experience. I don't want to speak for every, everybody or judge anybody's situation. I'm so non-judgmental. But for me, it was like I was doing all those things and I was so busy in my head doing the next thing and doing the next thing and doing the next thing. And throughout it, that void was there. I feel like there's this void and there's almost like this gap that as time went, it got a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And then that day in the car, when I realized I had that epiphany, it was like, for me, it was like that breaking point. And it came through as my intuition. Like I was driving just to give a deeper context to it. I was driving between one appointment to the other and I was sort of zoned out. I was in that meditative state and all of a sudden, I had this voice that I heard that said, life isn't fun and life's supposed to be fun. You're 27 years old. Is this how you want to live the rest of your life? And I believe we all have moments where just this truth comes through and this voice, this spiritual intervent intervention, this, you know, it was, came from such a deep place within. It came from that void, from that emptiness. It was right at the core within it. And this is what it said. And I knew in that moment, when I heard that from that place, I couldn't ignore it because I had been ignoring it for, and not even consciously ignoring it. I was just doing the next thing and doing the next thing and keeping busy and pushing it away. And yeah. So at that point it was, there was no other way. And, um, I find that 
it, it led me to that decision. It led me to take that leap of faith to go in that direction. And so many beautiful opportunities open up from it. I'm so grateful for the courage that that girl had to listen to that voice. That said, <laughs> being a human being, having a, having a spiritual, you know, or sorry, being a spiritual being, having a human experience, I do find that that void, like I kind of can feel it and experience it again. So I went and I traveled and had these incredible experiences. It was so amazing. About three years into my travel, because I, I traveled for about five, five and a half years in total, off and on, but for about on average seven months of the year, I'd be gone traveling. <clears throat> I remember about three and a half years into it, one time I came back home to my small Canadian town and I just felt this deep restlessness within me. It was like, no matter what I could do, it's like, I just didn't feel at peace with where I was. And it was this restlessness and, and nothing seemed to make sense and everything was confusing. And what I found out afterwards, I didn't realize at the time, but I was experiencing a dark night of the soul. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term dark night of the soul. Eckhart Tolle has an incredible, um, if you, if you Google dark night of the soul, Eckhart Tolle, he has a beautiful explanation, but essentially what a dark night of the soul is, it's a shattering of a paradigm. It's like realizing the way that you once looked at the world doesn't exist. And all of a sudden life is so confusing and you're like, you've, it's, it's very similar to depression, but it's not depression, but it feels like so deep, so ugly, so confusing, nothing makes sense. And what it really is, is you're going through a period of liberation for your soul because you're about to all of a sudden get this beautiful epiphany of like, and more wisdom of like the way that life really is, but you have to shatter those beliefs that you once held on to that you had that kept you safe. So that empty feeling, you know, like I find that it, it can come back and it can be very confusing. It can be very overwhelming, but I've learned through my experience over this past six, seven years that I've been on this personal journey, that whenever the periods of confusion come as anxiously overwhelming and that they are, and they can be, I know at the depths of my soul that there is, is the biggest breakthrough through them. So there's a, a piece of surrendering and trusting that, and almost being excited for the lesson to come through whenever it's meant to come through. But yeah, but you, you just got to kind of go through it. Does that make, I don't know. Yeah, I think sometimes we really have to hit rock bottom and then it usually comes when we've already ignored all the yellow flags, as you said, and then life slaps you in the face harder and harder. And it has to come like that really low point where we suddenly realize, okay, like until here and no further, as you said, you just couldn't keep on living anymore. There was that point when you had that realization. And I also like to see it as um, a phoenix, um, as you were describing it. You know, sometimes we have to burn things down and then we think it's over and we think we hit rock bottom again, but then it's just the start of something even more beautiful to come up. So I think life is moving in waves. And then when we have that up phase, maybe we hit a down phase again at one point, but then the up phase might be even better afterwards once we move through that. And knowing that makes it so much easier to also go through these dark nights of the soul, is it called? Yeah. Dark 
It's amazing. It's, yes. And so many people I know go through it. So many people I know go through it and I can feel it right away when they're going through it. And I'll usually guide them and say, you know, what, is this how it is? And it's always bang on, but it's so confusing when you're in it. You're like, ah, like you just don't know. So anybody who's might be feeling that confusion or not sure or anything, go read what Eckhart Tolle wrote. He's a very wise man. And you know, it's, it's, he puts it in such an eloquent way. And uh, you know, it can be a very excruciating experience. It's like, you know, like the, like you said, the Phoenix, it's like, you have to, you burn yourself and metaphorically, it's like, you're letting go, you're burning these things, but then you rise. And mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful testament to the impermanence of life, how everything's constantly changing. And if you can get into that flow and that dance of life, you know, that's when it's really, it's juicy, it's fun, it's beautiful. The key is, is to not, um, and one of the hardest things is just to be in it, to not judge it. Because the minute you judge it as good or bad, then that's where you kind of can get off balance, you know, because, and often we'll judge the bad or we're, you know, people will say like, oh, or no, people will cling to the good. You'll want to be on the highs. You'll love the highs. You'll go and you'll chase the highs, but there's a balance in everything. If you are, if you are looking for those like high states and clinging onto those, life's going to balance them out and you're going to experience the full spectrum of it. So if you can just be in the experience and not be clinging to anything and just realize that Whatever situation you are in right now, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's neutral, it's going to change. So find the gratitude for this moment, appreciate this moment and be there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's really like, it's kind of the point. So helpful, especially in these very challenging times worldwide. Um, before we go, I would like to move on to a quick round of uh, fire questions. So you just answer real quick what your intuition is uh, telling you. Love it. <laughs> before you said you realized um, that life is supposed to be fun. That's what it's all about. So what are your three key values besides fun, what you're living your life at? So for me, it's alignment. It's really like listening to my heart, making sure I'm aligned. Alignment, fun is one of the, one of my values. And um, um, love, like really, you know, and I think it's kind of tapping into heart as well, but like just really love. And uh, yeah, those are my three, my three that sort of guide my days. Talking about love, what can we do for more self-love today? Hmm. Look in the mirror. I love mirror talk. You know, there's something, the eyes are the windows to the soul. So really look at yourself in the mirror, look at yourself in the eyes and be gentle with yourself. Like see the little, the little innocent soul that's looking back and, you know, in a tender way, look at yourself and just say, I, I really love you. You know, it doesn't even have to be like an affirmation. A good one is actually Marissa Pierce. I am enough. But like, really look at yourself and in a playful, innocent way, look at that child and just be like, you're beautiful. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. I'm sorry, you know, for the times that I can be hard on you, you know, and just whatever comes up. Yeah. yeah child work is so powerful. So beautiful. What can we do for a better health today? Drink more water. <laughs> Drink more water. I think you probably need it in your warm uh, area where you are right now in Granada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And also lemon water in the morning. It's really good to sort of reset your gut health. Um, just water with a slice of lemon in the morning to start your day. And another thing 
that I, I do, I remember I read it once, is I never take ice in my water. Like I always have room temperature just because I don't want to shock the system. I read that somewhere years ago that like ice, ice, cold drinks can shock you. So whenever I have water or if I order it at a restaurant at normal times, no ice. Mm, interesting you said it because it's actually a misperception that when it's warm, you should drink cold stuff. Um, you should drink warm teas, for example, when it's really warm in order to not shock the system and then um, make it more digestible. That's why, for example, in the Middle East and in uh, Turkey and so on, they drink tea all day long because it's mm -hmm. really good for um, your gut health and for digestion, having warm tea. I um, love that tip. I'm going to have tea today. <laughs> Yeah, so actually when it's really warm, you shouldn't have an iced coffee, you should have a warm coffee. And then in winter, you should have the iced coffee. So to, yeah, like- Ah, oh, I love it. Well, and you've got your background with as being a barista as well. So you know, how many people would actually order like that? No one. <laughs> <laughs> now we will. Yeah, so talking about uh, coffee and already your food in the morning, as you said, what's your favorite dish? Mm, oh my gosh, I'm- It's so funny. I am such a, like, I love soup. <laughs> like I'm literally the most plain person I love. And my partner makes fun of me all the time. And his family makes fun of me all the time too. It's like lentil soup or homemade soup. I could literally live off of it and eat it every day. And I pretty much make it every other day. There's just something so nourishing with, with mm. a bowl of soup. <laughs> Where can I find a partner like yours who brings you coffee in the morning, makes you and uh, supports you to move through everything. <laughs> we met at a personal development event. So we met at Robin Sharma. So I find like, if you can find what you're passionate about for anybody listening, who's looking for your partner, find what you love, find what you love to do. Just immerse yourself more in that. And don't go looking for anybody. Like when we met, he was actually drawn to me and, and, and it was just sort of a, because I wasn't looking for it, you know, um, but personal development events. Okay. <laughs> or or on, online forums, you know, like you can really find what your interest is. There's so much happening online um, and people are open and they're, they want connection as well. So there. Yeah. All right. Well, is there any last thing that you would like to share before uh, we end this conversation? Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, bringing me on here, having me on here. Um, if anybody's interested in connecting, definitely reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Samantha Roberto. You can check out my podcast, Hello Beautiful, and it's B-E-Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L, because when you are yourself, being you, your authentic, true self, you are your most beautiful. And um, I'm super excited, actually, because next week I am releasing a um a podcast resource guide, launch guide for anybody who wants to start a podcast. So if you want to start a podcast and it's something that you've been sort of thinking about, um, I have an amazing, I did mine in 24 hours. I launched my whole show, recorded, edited, produced, put it out there, put the cover art. It doesn't take long, but it's just a matter of knowing the steps to take. So I'm putting something really special together for that. So definitely reach out. Beautiful. <laughs> Be beautiful. beautiful. 
beautiful. <laughs> we'll link obviously to all your contacts in the show notes so people can find you. And I definitely suggest everyone to check out your wonderful podcast. That's, this is how we connected because I listened to your beautiful podcast. So just as beautiful as you are. So thank you so much again for being on here. I'm so happy and grateful we connected and it was just beautiful speaking to you. Oh, thank you so much, my dear. Such a great way to start the morning. <laughs> yeah, so true.